I would let Pierce Brosnan uppercut me as long as it was semi sexual. <laughs> And honestly, I think he deck. cannot comprehend what I can turn into sexuality when it comes I mean, to him. So he's going to end up more upset than I will. Without the sexual connotations, yes, I would absolutely let him uppercut me for the upper deck. Because now I get to say that I upper decked James Bond and got uppercutted by James Bond. Oh, and man, the story's that's a even great better. point. What about Rosie O'Donnell? Would you upper deck Rosie O'Donnell? Yeah, but I feel like she served me like sloppy joes at a picnic first, so she was literally yeah, asking like for you. it. I imagine my date with Rosie always involves sloppy joes, me upper decking her, some of those like flushable wipes, and then a handshake goodbye. There are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Yeah. We are four film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay and I'm joined by Dave. Patty. Casey. Horse guns. And Juice. Alright. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave. What's this month's theme? This month, our theme is Sad, Sad West, where we look for the worst films we can find set in that time period of Americana where everybody had a six-gun on their hip, rode horses, and wore anachronistic cowboy hats. Everybody did that? Pretty much everybody. Everybody in the movies. Well, minus the hookers. They gotta be history, right? Pretty much. Have we had a female yet in Sad, Sad West that wasn't a hooker or, you know, just a sex object for the hero to rescue? I I mean... The guy in Coming At You, she wasn't a hooker. She was the normal lady that got right. sold into sex slavery. Right, right. But she was a sex object for the hero to rescue. So that was our last episode, Coming At You. Can I, can I go a little bit broader? Have we had a woman in shitty cinema that was not a sex object? There's been a couple, but it's definitely a minority. Okay. Uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Okay, yeah, them chicks were badasses. Oh, yeah, right. okay. What about... Uh, uh, um. In Kung Fu Month, we did. We got a bunch. We got a bunch of badass women. So true. Okay, but in Fearless Duo, they were badasses, and then one of them was married off to the male that was supposed to be our hero that wasn't actually a hero. So still a <laughs> sex true. object. That's true. Yeah, but oh, her sister was wasn't. Her sister Michelle wasn't. fucking Yo was a Michelle badass. Michelle Yo was not a sex object. I will give no. that. If Michelle Yo is a sex object, she's a giant dildo coming at you. Hey. <laughs> All right. Hey. We're digressing far too much. Juice, what did we watch on this week's episode? Oh, this week we went to 2010 with a Western, but, well, it was a Western, but it was also a lot of other things. Uh, so it's kind of an book. Eastern and yeah. a Southern. Yeah. yeah. And a comic book, Jonah Hex. Yeah. Ooh. Which I didn't know was actually produced by none other than Joey Tribbiani himself. A.K.A. Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Yes. Yeah, yeah. How y'all doing? That explained a lot when I saw his names on the credit. <laughs> Juice, before we talk about what Jonah Hex did to us, you're going to have to give an elevator pitch and sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Uh, okay. And because you have been naughty, we tied you to a St. Andrew's cross. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of turned on a little bit. Keep going. And you're outside of your home, which we have conveniently lit on fire. We lit your home on fire 
because how else is John Malkovich gonna get the branding iron hot enough to mark your cute little face? Uh, also, I mean, is my family still in the house? Yeah, yeah, they're burning. Fuck. So, in the 10 seconds before John Malkovich permanently brands you as his, sell us on this movie. Jonah Hex is a disgraced soldier with a disfigured face who needs to stop a megalomaniac ex-general from destroying Washington, D.C. using super-secret Dragon Balls. Nine, nine seconds. seconds. Wow, Very nine seconds. You really covered everything. Yeah, I feel like you covered everything, especially the Dragon Balls. Not yeah, the Dragon shabby. Balls were important. They were a very important part of the story. Side note, I love that I taught you guys what a St. Andrew's Cross is because it shows up all the times in movies and it cracks me the fuck up every time I see <laughs> right. it. Right! Like you put fucking Dominatrix bondage gear in your film. Well, Casey, you were my sidekick. We go everywhere. We do everything together. And you right are attempting that. to save me. I know, right? Goddamn right I would. You were hiding on top of the roof. However, you didn't realize you were going to set the roof on fire. No. So now the roof is on fire. You don't <laughs> Do have I any water. Do I let that motherfucker burn? You have no choice. So you jumped down and tried to save me. However, you misjudged the fall. You got about 10 seconds before you fall and break both of your legs. Sell me on this movie. Cable from X-Men dresses up like old-timey Two-Face from Batman and blasts his way into saving a country he's not fond of, all while rescuing Megan the Wasp Fox and adopting a dog. Nine, Nine seconds. Nine seconds as well. Wow. Skew it. Pulling I, up on that bitch sideways. My favorite part about your elevator pitch was all of the comic book references. You know, this is a comic book movie of a comic book I've never heard of and do not <laughs> fucking care about, but it feels like it really ripped off a lot of different comic books, and I'm glad for that. I'm also very excited that you guys to bring up Megan Fox because she was Megan the Wasp Fox because Megan her I've twenty inch waist Fox. makes her look like a fucking insect and it's upsetting every time she's on screen. Are you gonna fuck me or are you gonna murder me? Uh, uh probably murder first and then implant her eggs in my dead body. But okay, you know, I, I'm not okay, gonna get ahead I have of a question. Here. Are you gonna upper deck Megan Fox? Ooh, bring it around full circle. Um. Honestly, I feel like I would just shut off the water her, to her toilet and lower deck her because she doesn't poop. That's what I was going to say. Like, there's no <laughs> point upper decking her because right. she never uses that room. No, I'd have to shit in her sink and then plug it up first. Like, make sure she doesn't have some kind of, like, food, like, disposal. You know what I mean? So she can't, like, waffle stomp it down. I got to leave it somewhere she'll find it. So I'll shit in her gym, but let's not put the horse in front of the cart here. Dave, why don't you mosey on through this plot and let people know what the fuck's going on here? All right. Our hero is Jonah Hex, a former Confederate soldier. He turned on his best friend in squad and his best friend's general daddy got mad at him for killing his son. The general, who's named Turnbull, killed Jonah's wife and kids and branded Jonah's face in retribution. Some Native American medicine men use some magic on him to save his life, and now he can talk to the dead as a bonus. Now, he just tries to stay out of the government's way and hangs out with his hooker best gal pal, Megan Fox. Jonah thought that Turnbull was dead, but it was just a wily ruse. Turnbull's now carrying out his diabolical plan to steal a superweapon from the United States. He plans to attack the president's 4th of July speech. To take care of Turnbull, President Grant forces Jonah back into service. Jonah uses his powers he gained from nearly dying to ask a dead guy where he should go next. Jonah chases Turnbull and his turncoats across the country, using horse-mounted Gatling guns and dynamite crossbows to leave a trail of dead behind him. To find Turnbull, Jonah digs up his dead son Jeb, the one Jonah killed, who was Jonah's best friend back at the start of the film. 
Jonah uses the information to catch up with Turnbull at Fort Resurrection, but he's nearly killed by Michael Fassbender doing a Clockwork Orange cosplay. Once again, Native Americans bring Jonah back to life with peace pipe magic, and he pukes up a crow. Literally, okay. out of his mouth. Like, I would believe it was magic if I could prove that they didn't put that crow in his mouth to begin with. I don't know what I'd be more upset with if I barfed a crow and it was in there the whole time or if I magically barfed a crow, but I wouldn't be happy either way. And I'd also be very sorry to the crow. Jonah rides to Virginia, sneaking aboard Turnbull's boat that he's got loaded with a super weapon. Fastbender tries to finish the job, so Jonah uses his face to polish a boat prop, and then Jonah brings him back from the dead, only to kill Fastbender again, because why the fuck not? He's hey, mad. What's better than killing somebody once? Yeah, killed him twice. Yeah. You ever been so mad you killed a dude twice? That's kind of what my mom would always threaten me, like, if you die in a car accident because you were driving as a teenager and you weren't supposed to be, I'll bring you back from the dead just to kill you myself. That's some aggressive shit. So Turnbull uses Megan Fox as a hostage to capture Jonah, but it's no big deal. They both break out almost immediately because there's no time for tension in this 82-minute film. Jonah guns down Turnbull's men and drags Turnbull below deck. Meanwhile, Megan Fox fights the gunner, operating the super weapon, firing the magic cannonballs on Washington. Turnbull nearly wins, but Jonah clogs up the super weapon with the tomahawk and causes the whole ship to detonate, jumping overboard with Megan Fox at the last moment. Honestly, if he wanted to clog up that machine, he could have just used the cheap-ass extensions that Megan Fox had in her hair and just wet them down a little bit, and that would have killed the ship right then and there. Because it was straight-up plastic-ass Barbie hair. Oh, man, I remembered the <laughs> Megan Fox joke I wanted to make earlier. So, do you guys remember in the prequel trilogies, uh, the, the aliens that made all the clones... Obi-Wan meets him when he first goes to the planet and they give him that whole speech about how yeah, we've got 500,000 already with a million more well on the way. No. Yeah. Isn't it Me the guy from the guy that is the clone guy? Isn't he the same guy that was the Oompa Loompa guy? I'm not talking about the clones themselves. I'm talking about the aliens who made the clones who are like really tall, stretched out. Guys. They're really tall, really skinny. Yeah. Megan Fox okay. looks like a sex doll of one of those creatures. Oh, I don't oh, like that either. No, I know what you're talking about now, and it's awful. <laughs> Am I wrong, though? I know, that's the bad part. That's weird that it just makes me more turned on. It's real weird, Juice. In the epilogue, President Grant thanks Jonah and offers him the job of Sheriff of America, but Jonah turns him down to ride off into the sunset with Megan Fox and a dog he made friends with earlier. Listen. I, that's, you know, that's my American dream. I'm all okay, about wait. that. Every Did time Megan I've announced myself as the sheriff of America, nobody takes me seriously. <laughs> so you know what? I'm glad that Jonah Hex didn't take it seriously. He didn't. Okay? But why did he need to ride off with Megan Fox? Because I imagine with those bird legs, she's like an ostrich and can just run really quickly, probably faster than the horse. Right. I why mean, didn't he just ride Megan Fox off into the sunset and leave right. the horse alone? Exactly. Let the dog ride, too, because that triggered me. You're riding a horse, but not holding the dog while you're on the horse? That's another 20 <laughs> fucking pounds, so you're fat Save ass on the horse. Save a horse. Ride a Megan Fox. What? We, what? Because we already saw him ride Megan Fox earlier in the film with half his face scarred, and it was yeah, a disturbing she scene. She rode him. It was good Just for me. let me have my joke, woman. No. <laughs> I want to be historically accurate. If I were voted Sheriff of America... I would definitely make it a law that every single citizen had to be weaponized. And when I say weaponized, I'm going to directly and specifically point to 
the mini crossbows that are handguns that shoot dynamite that Joe oh, yes. has made for him by his weapons dude, which is also the hotelier from John Wick. Lance Reddick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might also know him from The Wire. And they're not just handguns. They're hand crossbows with a spring-loaded yes. clip on the bottom yep. so that as you fire it, it loads another fucking round of dynamite. And has, they, like, a little flint to it light it. flint that as it shoots yeah. it out, it lights it. Jonah Hex has some cool steampunk weapons like the dynamite crossbows and horse-mounted Gatling guns on either side of his horse that, that would legit. not work in real life. Yes, but they're awesome. And I love them. And they were in the trailer, and I was all hyped up about a movie full of this shit. Yes. Both of those things appear in one scene, which are the scenes they show in the trailer, and then are never seen again in the fucking film. Yep. And I'm so goddamn mad about it. Dave, do you feel like you were teased and then just let down? Yes. This is they, like they, the worst example of Hollywood showing everything in the trailer and then nothing yeah, in the movie. I will admit, because I, despite bringing this movie, had never seen it before. And I was very excited. Like... Come on. Like, I'm thinking Wild Wild West with fucking Will Smith did better at, like, at least having a bunch of different cool toys and knickknacks. Like, they were like, here's some cool toys that are going to be in this. And that's it. You can't show me hand crossbows that shoot dynamite and then not make a movie centered around hand crossbows that shoot fucking dynamite. Right. I, he used them in one time. you got to have, like, a plethora of different circumstances to be able to use these. It gets worse. Not only does he use them one fucking time, he uses them once and then drops them and leaves and them. And see, Like, okay, yeah, you may have killed everybody, but someone's eventually going to come find these bodies and be like, oh, shit, dog, hand crossbows that shoot dynamite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, someone's going to replicate that and use it again. So I would never stop using those fucking things. I would use them for everything. Oh, you need a well dug? Hold on. Let me shoot the ground eight times, and then you guys can start digging. Let me get, All like, right. the first two-thirds of it done for you. Oh, but your you front door sticks? Aside, it's how? not gonna in a minute. <laughs> right. Like, that it's basically would probably be the only weapon I did use other than the Gatling gun horse thing. But, like, my argument for that is I don't like horses, but I do feel bad because there's no way that's PETA approved. Like, that horse has to be completely <laughs> fucking blind, deaf, and feelingless. Like... If the also, noise didn't and the sign, if the noise didn't scare it and the sound didn't scare it, the feeling of that on its body would scare the yeah. shit out of it. It would, would buck him off. Big okay. fucking horse. Yeah. Okay. I do want another scene where he starts firing his horse-mounted Gatling guns and the horse just freaks the fuck out in the appropriate right. manner for a horse yes! with Gatling guns on it. <laughs> <laughs> it, okay, what could you have done better in this film? Jay, what kind of steampunk inventions would you want to see in this? I think the biggest missed opportunity for an awesome steampunk weapon was Turnbull's cane. He had a classic cane with a silver engraved handle that could have easily had a sword in it, which isn't even fucking steampunk, just simple, but it could have also fired weapons, had like a shotgun spring out of it. I mean, it could have just yeah. been fucking awesome. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Right, right. Yeah, that was a huge missed opportunity. I always Thank thought you. his cane was going to do more, and he just kind of used it as oh, a belly man. club. Okay, I got two comments on the cane. One, that's actually one of the few things that's accurate to the comics. Apparently, for a oh. long time in Jonah Hex's comics, Turnbull was just the man with the eagle-headed cane before they finally Ooh. introduced who he was. Two, at the towards the end of the movie, there's a scene where Turnbull has a Confederate flag 
hooked on the end of his cane and he's waving it around on there. When we first saw it, I really thought that his cane had a pop-out Confederate flag on it. <laughs> and that's what they've been hiding the whole time from us. Yeah, like a Bugs Bunny gun where it just, you exactly, shoot it and it yeah. says bang. Yeah. He's just got a little trigger that just... Traitor. <laughs> that's fucking... <laughs> that would have been fucking great. I would have died. I was great. I would have died. I was so mad. Like, really? This is what we've been building up to with the fucking cane? <laughs> so were you more mad that you found to find out that they weren't building up to anything? A little bit, yeah. Right? Since That's you, almost worse. Since you it's mentioned Wild Wild West, since you mentioned Wild Wild West, I was actually inspired by Wild Wild West for one of the steampunk weapons I wanted to see in this. Because you remember they had those crazy magnet collars that would suck. Yes. Uh, the yeah, yeah, they would yeah. suck the, buzz saws the to saw them. saw blades. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to see Jonah Hex have a magnetic tomahawk with the same technology so that he could huck it yes. at people yeah. and then magnet Brilliant. it back to like some special thing on his wrist. Right? That yes. would have been sweet. That would have been awesome right. and it would have fit thematically because he uses a tomahawk in several key instances. There are so many cool things we've seen in other films that would have worked in this. Yeah, like what, what you mentioned, Dave. Wild Wild West had so many more well thought out ideas and gadgets. Like I wanted to see at first, I was thinking like some big mechanized spider. And then I was like, no, I was just wishing that I was watching <laughs> Wild Wild West right now. <laughs> but honestly, but I wanted to see like a cool mode of transportation. Like maybe the U.S. Army has like a big flying fl flotilla of like, you know, a blimp that is armed to the Ooh. teeth. And that's how they get around. <clears throat> or maybe like a transformer train. We got Megan Fox. Why not transform a train? <laughs> okay, you guys are dreaming too big here. I just wanted something fucking practical. I wanted a shotgun. Not like a boomstick shotgun, but a gun where you put a shot glass full of liquor and it like rubber band slings it down the bar to someone. They had like several bar scenes and everybody was shooting liquor. I feel like if I could stand at one side, that reduces my steps. That's the steampunk Wait. invention I wanted to see in this. Casey, I was thinking, why don't you actually just take and make it into like a barrel format and you put the shot glass in it, fire it out, and it sets the alcohol on fire so it's like a Molotov on demand. Ooh, that's a great idea, Juice. Ah, right? we did have a flamethrower in this movie, but it was a pretty that's standard flamethrower oh, yeah. and yeah. not like steampunky at all, so it didn't like scratch I've the edge. Like I've always said, work smarter, not harder. Like if you're going to have a flamethrower, you got to do it like, instead of like shooting a line of fire, it's got to like fireballs man that explode yeah i'm with you juice when you have someone with a flamethrower that isn't a flamethrower but it actually shoots fucking balls of fire that shit is awesome Harukin. okay okay i got more inventions here's one an all-in-one washing machine power washer and shower because everybody was dirty as fuck in this film i hated it <laughs> okay. i hated it everybody that's, that's was so greasy western. Right. There was not that much grease in the Old West. It was it's gross. It's just grease and dust. It was oh. just dust and dirt. There was no grease. They didn't have any kind of fucking moisture. Sure, they had to grease their wagon axles. Yep. Yeah, they used, like, bacon fat. Why are they covered in it? They had to, well, they had to <laughs> grease their, you know, cow's butthole. No, they did not. They what spit they on their dick. Lube? Spit's the best lube. <laughs> live, laugh, lube. Live, laugh, lube. You gotta live, laugh, lube. You gotta... Live, laugh, that was literally my live, joke. Laugh, that was Dave's joke. God no, it damn wasn't. it. No, it wasn't. It. No, it wasn't. I stole it off the internet, but I introduced you to it. So. <laughs> all right. So we all agree Jonah Hex missed out on a huge opportunity 
to capitalize on its steampunk weapons. I think it also missed out on a huge opportunity to capitalize on its cast. Because holy shit, does this cast bat out of the fucking league of the film they ended up in. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not great performances from people who are really fucking good actors. No. So, okay, let's go through the ones first that we kind of expected what we got out of it. Okay. Our lead, Josh Brolin, is oh. fine. He's yeah, fine. I think he does pretty well in the role. In fact, I, I think the problem with Josh Brolin is that they try to overdevelop his character. Yeah, definitely. It's a fucking Western. I don't need right. character development, man. As soon as the movie told me that he watched his family die and was out for vengeance, I knew everything I needed to know about Jonah Hex. Right. It's a Western. It I assumed made. that. Right, like, leave it vague, let us imagine our own backstory, and we'll like it better. Yeah, yeah, who cares? Yeah. So then next up, we've got our romantic lead, Megan Fox. Ooh, baby. She considers this her worst film ever. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes considers it her second worst. Uh, What's her first? first? Her worst rated is a film called Passion Play, which had a box office of 2.6 thousand. So... (laughs) What year did that come out? Uh, 2011, a year after this one. Oh, no. That's bad when you go from bad to worse. Yeah. Right in succession like that. Wow, starring her, Mickey Rourke, Bill Murray. I need to see this shit show. What the fuck? That sounds like shitty cinema fucking gold, my friend. What have you discovered? Or it's going to be another one of those Italian rape fantasies that Juice brought. Yeah. But it's got Bill Murray in it. There's some weird shit that Bill Murray in. So just so we're just so we're all on the same page, everybody we're about to talk about, this is either their worst rated film on Rotten Tomatoes or their second worst. So we've got Josh Brolin, f- first worst. We've got Megan Fox, second worst. Uh, okay. Next up, our villain, John Malkovich, as the mm-hmm. evil Confederate General Quentin Turnbull. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. Stop. <laughs> he, he slurs his way through this film. Like... It sounds like he's fresh out of a root canal. <laughs> like he only keeps the drawl twenty percent of the time. He sounds like a bad Kevin Spacey impersonation to me. I did expect him to just look at the camera and start talking to me. Pepper's farm remembers. <laughs> look, anybody who's seen Rounders knows that John Malkovich can't really do accents. He can barely do his own voice, much less an accent of another voice. And okay. you'll so- take what you can get. But the Rounders accent is awesome. It's it's bad in a great way. Like like Rob Schneider's accent in Grandma's Boy. It's fun. In this, it's just terrible. It's it's not fun. It's yes, just it consistently bad. Whereas <laughs> in this, he just drops the accent for about two-thirds of his lines and just speaks as John Malkovich. You forgot Dragon Egg. I don't know. Like, yeah, his accent sucked, but I thought... He, in the 10% of this film he didn't phone in, he did really well. He very much, like, channeled a cat, like, the wanton destruction of being a cat. And there was a scene where he actually slow-shoved an entire tea set off of a table while making direct (laughs) eye contact with his victim. Oh, yeah, my cat has done that. Really, the eye contact is what sold it. This is an intentional 
and mindful fuck you. Fuck you. That's, that's probably one of his best scenes, though. In a lot of it, and even in the end, where his character's supposed to be really angry and emotionally invested, Malkovich is just kind of bored. Yeah. No, when he's blowing up the town, and he's sitting there, and he makes himself a nice little glass of absinthe, and he's like, <laughs> wait. And he just sits there and sits his absinthe. Like, yes, I'm pandering, and I'm plotting, and I'm waiting for the perfect moment. Do you think he purposely made them redo that scene several times and use real absinthe? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, I think no, Malkovich just demanded right. an absinthe drinking scene. We can't spend all day on Malkovich. We got two more big names to talk about here. So we're going to skip over our fourth build because he's a longer conversation. Fifth build position on Rotten Tomatoes in his second worst ever and in a rare non-comedic role, Will Arnett. What did we think of Will Arnett in a serious role here? I never cared for Job. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Will Arnett. I okay. Sometimes I enjoy Will Arnett, but not in a serious role. I really enjoy Will Arnett doing comedy as a serious actor. It just didn't land for me. He has a general in Jonah Hex. He recruits Jonah and tries to be a hard ass to him, but it just doesn't come off. And his mustache looks silly. See, the mustache, mustache worked for me. Ew, really? judging, gross. Right. I For the period he was in, I thought it looked appropriate. I agree. <laughs> Will you it's appropriate that it I'll be personally picking my children up from school every day now. That fucking mustache running around. It was obscene. I've got a hypothetical for you guys that I think okay. makes it work for you. Okay. So Josh Brolin actually said he originally wanted to get Chan Wook Park to direct this. The director Ooh. of Old Boy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. To yeah. make a traditional gunslinger. And in that setting, a hyper-violent Chanwook Park film set in the Old West with a clockwork orange Michael Fassbender psychopath as one of the main villains on it. And a soundtrack by fucking Mastodon? Why, Why am I not watching happen? that movie? Right! I want that film! What yeah. happened? Why didn't it happen? Uh, because the production for this film was a total shit show. They changed directors two or three times. Okay, I I skimmed over a couple articles on Google, and what it all kind of boiled down to is Josh Brolin said this could have been done in like a tenth of the budget that it had. Yeah. And things just kept going sideways, which I, again, less than five minutes on Google, that's all I found. But if that's true, that bums me out. Yeah, Brolin's talked about this film and how the production absolutely kneecapped them, but everybody legitimately wanted to make a good film. And I'm really upset we didn't get to see the movie they wanted to make, man. What, what Listen, happened we couldn't the... see the movie they did make because half of the fucking shots were jet black. You jet could black. not see. And like, was that just our TV or could anybody else money was making out in the nighttime? All right, guys. Well, I think we've gone through... This weird western slash southern movie enough. We got an idea, but we have one final question that we really need to answer. And, uh, Casey, I'm going to start with you. Jonah Hex from 2010, would you sit down and watch it again? I want to say yes. Some of the fights were cool. There was a great Fassbender Jonah Hex fight where he ends up shoving Fassbender's beautiful tattooed face into a propeller. Um, the Megan Fox shootout scene at the end of the movie when they're like shooting their way out of a building or a mine or something. I don't know. It all looked the same in the dark. But she has a shootout where she kills like five dudes before she finds her way to the control yeah, room. Yeah, on the boat. That that was a really well, like it made it believable. I'm like, oh shit, she's cool. She's badass. 
But there's other movies that do that better. And like The Good, The Bad, The Weird, I would much rather sit down and watch one of those instead. Though I do appreciate that it was a relatively short film. So, no, I wouldn't watch this again. Jay? Wow. What about you? 2010's Jonah Hex. Would you watch it again? I think you make some really good points about how Jonah Hex tries and sort of falls short. There, There is... A couple of really brilliant moments, though. One of the moments we didn't get to talk about. There's one of the moments in the beginning when he's Jonah Hex is sitting down at the bar and another patron asks why his face is like that. And he shoots him and he says, I cut myself shaving. What happened to yours? Right. And so it's really it's an awesome, comedic, well done Western moment. I love that. We didn't get to talk about the fight yurt, which is really just a fight tent. But it, it reminded me of a yurt where there is a golem-like guy that they give snake venom, so he turns into some crazy guy and he drips acid from his mouth. Ew. It's, it was it was really surreal. I mean, it takes you out of the Western feel, but it, it was a fun part of the movie. But, but the rest of the movie is just 82 minutes of a train rushing forward with awkward pacing of fast action and then the movie screaming Jonah Hex's character development at me. It feels weird. I don't really have any of those great moments, even though there was some really terrible stuff. So no, no, I'm not going to watch Jonah Hex again. Dave, what about you? Jonah Hex, would you watch it again? God, there is an idea at the core of this film that I really fucking love. The steampunk technology and fun, trashy action and a heavy metal soundtrack by Mastodon. They really, really had an opportunity to make something great here, and they failed hard. We got a 12% score on Rotten Tomatoes, and even that feels better than it fucking deserves. But that idea at the core of it, of a fun popcorn movie set in a steampunk western, is pretty much just this in Wild Wild West. Like, those are the only two films I can think of that give us what I'm looking for here. And if there are other examples of that, Please get at us on Twitter and Facebook and let me know what those films are. So acknowledging all that's wrong with it, and please know that I feel bad saying this. Yeah, I would watch Jonah Hex again. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think there's wow. enough in here that I can have fun with, and the rest of it is so easy to ignore. I just got done watching this like two hours ago. I don't remember 90% of it, but I do remember dynamite crossbows and horse mounted Gatling guns. And that's enough to sell me on a rewatch of it to get drunk to. So juice, you brought this on us. It's your choice at the end of this 2010's Jonah Hex. Would you watch it again? You know, you all made some very, very accurate points. And I have to say there, there was a lot of really disjointedness, you know, Jay, like I said, nothing was really screamed at me. It was kind of mumbled in a soft way before someone busted in with guns in the door, which is actually pretty fucking cool. I could have seen more of, like, the steampunk tech and things blowing up. There were some explosions. There could have been more. There was Megan Fox in a nice little corset. There could have been more. Um, but you know what? I think Dave really hit it the best. I don't really remember a lot from it, and a second watch is going to give me the same feel as the first one, I feel like, so yeah, I'm definitely going to sit yeah. down and give this another watch. That's my boy juice. Well, Cinemites, halfway through Sad Sad West Month, we have another verdict for you. Two out of four of us are going to sit down and watch Jonah Hex again. Dave, what are you bringing for us next week? 
Next week, I am going only one year in the cinema timeline from 2011, starring Daniel Craig. We're going to watch Cowboys versus Aliens because I couldn't make up my mind between Westerns and space. Ah, it's both. Excitement. If you have a bad movie we should check out and review or just want to say hi, check out the Shitty Cinema Facebook page at sh.ttycinema, Twitter at Bad Movies, Bad People, and that's people as in PPL, shittycinema.com, or kc.cinema on Instagram. If you want to help support us, check out the Patreon page. And as always, let's turn out the lights, load up the cannons, and Haruken, a Dragon Ball. Boom!